Are you ready to make 2017 the year you transform your life? You can wait for something to happen, or you're actually going to decide to go, go home after this weekend to do something about that. We all know that we have a very, very limited amount of time on this earth. So let's not have repeated years. Live your own life. Make the choice, make the decision for your own life. Fear is where you develop courage. There's a moment going, holy crap, all right, I'm gonna do this now. The Wellness Breakthrough is coming. And so you actually have that choice every single morning, every single day, every single moment to decide whether you're gonna live it to the fullest or not. Join myself, Marcus Pierce, and the Wellness Guys, Damien Christoph, Lawrence Tam, and Brett Hill for two nights and three days of transformation at the Country Place. Ten acres of breathtaking rainforest in the Dandenong Ranges of Victoria, February 17th to 19th. It's each and every single one of you are going to support each other in your journey, whatever that journey is. Couples discounts available, limited spots remaining for all information and to watch the spine-chilling video, go to thewellnessbreakthrough.com. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to a place of wellness and healing for both your body and mind. Get ready to live a happy, healthy, whole food life that totally rocks. You're listening to Shiny Healthy You, the straight-talking natural health show for busy women with your host and naturopath, Jules Galloway. Today's guest is not just a life coach and an NLP practitioner. She's a goal smasher, fear banisher, world traveler, life declutterer, and master manifester. She's one of my awesome experts featured in my Shiny Healthy You program. And don't let her pint-sized frame and dazzling smile fool you. She's also an ex-world karate champion. So if you don't watch yourself, she'll totally kick your ass. But wait, there's more. She's also my beautiful bestie. Which means that today's podcast is going to be so freaking fun. Please welcome to the show the gorgeously unstoppable Hayley Carr. (laughs) Thanks, Jules. That was the best welcome ever. (laughs) Gosh, I'm on such a high now. It's amazing. (laughs) It's better than coffee. Yeah. So good. Thanks, Chick. I'm going to listen to that every morning when I wake up. (laughs) So good. All right, sister, tell us what you do. All right, so I'm an NLP practitioner, I'm a coach, I work with type A's, high achievers and really ambitious people and I help them because they often feel, although they're not, uh, no, although they're not lonely, they're often feeling alone because they're, they're comparing themselves to where they want to be instead of how far they've come and I help them to slow down, I help them to become present, I help them to become focused and therefore be able to do more, have more and be more with so much more ease. That is the best, the best, the best, the best description ever, 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 ever. And I always do tell people that it's a bit of a mixed blessing having a best friend who's also a life coach because I've experienced your stuff firsthand even when I didn't want it, but I kind of did. (laughs) Yes. Now, hun, I've actually got an ulterior motive for getting you on the program at this time of year. 
Because uh-huh. we're ticking over into the new year and lots of people are making those dreaded New Year's resolutions. Uh, kill me. Uh, so, <laughs> I know, right? So I wanted to chat with you about goal setting today. Great. Yes, awesome. Love it. So tell me, why is it so important to set goals? <clears throat> well, um, I know lots of people bang on about how, well, there's two different schools of thought right? Goals, achievement, achieve, achieve, achieve. Goals are awesome. Set goals. And then there's this other school of thought that says, excuse me, I'm starting early. Fuck goals. Um, you know, it's, it's all about how you want to feel and, you know, goals make you feel disappointed. And if you're a type A, you become, um, over comparing of yourself to other people. So there's two schools of thought. Goals are goals, you know, and no matter what you describe it as, whether it's how you want to feel or what you want to do or what you want to achieve, it's still a goal. So don't get um, confused or upset or make that word taboo. Goals are important because they take our dreams and they turn them into plans. Goals allow you to set your focus in a certain direction and break that focus down so you can take steps in the right direction. Um, I have some, you know, interest. I know we're going to talk about this probably later, but just interesting ways you can actually set goals to make sure you are going in the right direction. But they're so important because if we don't direct our focus in a, in a certain way that we want it to, it will be directed and distracted by the amount of other things that come into our world magically and take our focus away. Yeah, it's really, really important to keep them front of mind, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. And they have to inspire you as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 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 So is the new year a good time to set goals or is it a shit time? Is there too much hype and expectation attached at this time of the year? Like, what are the pros and cons to this whole New Year's resolution malarkey? <sighs> okay. So, yeah, the, the end of the year brings with it a fog of drama. Everybody needs to see one another and have all the parties and it's like the world's going to end. And then New Year's resolutions are ridiculous. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Not because the intent is not a good thing, but the best time, do you want to know the best time to set a goal for yourself? Um, Yes. Hell yes. (laughs) (laughs) The best time is today. And I mean any day today. Not waiting till New Year, not waiting until your birthday, not waiting till it's a new moon or a full moon and you get naked and you circle around and, you know, today. (laughs) Set yourself a goal today and make sure it's a truthful goal, something that is absolutely coming from your heart and is you. Today is the best time. Pros and cons, you know, this year, if you do it at the end, at, at this time of year, the pros are many people are focusing forward towards the next year and that's a wonderful thing. There's nothing wrong with it. So it's a pro. As long as you're setting a goal, it's a pro. The con is, as in the bad points, I guess we sort of put all this expectation and pressure on our New Year's resolutions. Instead of asking ourselves, what do I want and what is best for me and what's the goal that I want to set today? right now in this moment and it might be a one-day goal it might be a momentary goal it might be a 12-month goal it might be a 12-year goal and that's why I think New Year's resolutions you know the goal thing that's a good thing 
but to set it at a specific time every year and place that pressure on it, I don't know, Jules, doesn't turn me on. I think there's too much pressure to, to get it done at that time of the year and I think people get swept up in it all, don't they? Yeah, absolutely swept up in it. We also set things um, that might be based on fear or might be based on where we were last year and, you know, letting go of things from the past and that can be a good thing too. Um, but, you know, it, it, the best time to set goals is when you've got the space and time to think about it. And if that means New Year's for you, then fantastic. I would advise people to revise their goals every week, every day, every month. So, um, yeah, the best time is is now. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Don't wait. Why are we waiting? Why are we waiting for January the 1st, like this magical day where most people are hungover anyway, by the way? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm never drinking again. <laughs> yeah, here's my goal, never drinking. Oh. <laughs> and then it goes yeah. out the window on Australia Day. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, sorry, I just wanted to say I know a lot of people are doing a really wonderful thing right now and setting their goals towards the end of the year and setting themselves up to step into the new year with a plan, with with their dreams already made into plans. And one of my mentors said to me recently, the turkey tastes so much better on Christmas if you go into Christmas with everything planned out for next year. Oh, yes, because yes. then you, you've done it. Like the pressure's off. You can actually yeah. enjoy Christmas Day. How amazing would that be? Absolutely, yeah. Yay. Now, I've heard about this stuff, you know, this smart goals system, you know, that S-M-A-R-T, simple, measurable. Um, is it achievable? I can't even remember what the R&T stand for. Um, Realistic time. Yeah, got it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. Is that what makes a good goal? What do you think makes a good goal? Um, yes and no. I, I, I believe in this um, because it gives people structure to create a goal. And at the same time, I believe what makes a great goal is something that lights up a fire either in your belly or up under your butt that makes you want to move. <laughs> um, so I don't particularly like the word realistic because here's the problem, Jules. So many people think they don't know what they want. And my message is this. Everybody knows what they want. Everyone. They just often get let thoughts get in the way that say, I don't know how, which stop them from actually giving themselves permission to say, I do know what I want. This is what it is. The fear of losing it or not achieving it or failing or being wrong is so great that in fact, we cloud ourselves and our ideas about knowing what we want with this story about not knowing how. So my opinion in a great way to set a goal would be to ask yourself not where you are today and therefore where you want to be one step ahead from this. I want you to, for anyone who's listening, ask yourself where you want to be in five years and how you do want to feel and what lights you up and what life you want to be living. And that might not look anything like it does today, but I can tell you what, setting your goals based on where you are today, especially if you're not where you want to be, may not get you in the direction of where you want to go. And often we don't know how close we are to the life that we crave, but we set goals that give us a a footpath that goes straight in one direction and sometimes we have to completely change the footpath that we're taking when we have a specific dream in mind. So think about what it is that you want and ask yourself, what goals can I set and what 
is it actually going to take for me to get there as opposed to placing all these other goals or achievements or projects or plans or things in place that we believe must be there before we can achieve the things that we really, really want. So a goal needs to light you up. It needs to make you feel expansive, needs to make you feel open and a little bit scared crapless. <laughs> yes. I like I like that like that, you know, that tumbling feeling you get in your belly, that butterfly feeling when you set something that's just that little bit outside your comfort zone and you go, Oh shit. Yeah. I like that you said, I like it, Jules, because it tells me that you've done it before and you recognize that fear as just part of the process. Yeah. And you can turn that fear into excitement and then you can turn that into like absolutely creating more action and, and momentum behind it as well. I find like I learned that from a, a lovely, um, a lovely coach of mine who when I was surfing and about to go down a big wave and I said, I feel really scared and the fear is like, you know, it's too much. And he goes, well, if fear and excitement are actually really similar emotions. So you just need to kind of reframe it as excitement and then just go for it. And I'm like, yeah. So good. Yes. Can everyone just please highlight in your mind what Jules just said because it's so true and fear is so often present when we set big goals. Don't be afraid of having fear when it comes up. Allow it to be there. Recognize it as I'm on the right track. It's like step two of a step five process in achieving my goals. Okay, step two is fear. Great, fear's here. It means I'm on track. Yeah. Hello, fear. Take a seat. Yeah. We're going on long for the ride. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. What does Liz Gilbert say? You know how she talks about getting all the different emotions and parts of her in the minivan and they, when she's creating a book or anything. And, <laughs> and she's like, oh, hello, fear. All right. Well, you get to sit in the minivan, but you don't get to drive. Mm. Yeah. You don't get to touch the radio. You don't get yeah. to steer. <laughs> you don't even get to hold the map. <laughs> no, no. But you're in the van. I understand that you're going to be in the van. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. 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 We love Liz. Now, I know, you know, when you said that we often don't know how close we are to the life that we crave, what's what's stopping us? Do you think it's partly that we kind of know what we want but we're worried about what people will think or that we, you know, that it's outside of what people expect of us? Oh, totally. We're often that close to what we want to do and achieve and be and become. We don't realise it because we're so conditioned to think within our own environment and our own conditioning at this point in time. So what I mean by that is, you know, okay, Jules, can I, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Okay. What is it that you really, really, really want? The next, you know, big thing that you really want. You mean besides just garden variety happiness? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's the next big thing that I want? Oh, so many things, so many things. Um, I just want my 2017 to be a massive extension of my 2016 and yeah. to build on the things that I did in 2016 that I enjoyed the most. I love that. I love that so much. And um, I'm going to do a bit of a mind read here because I, I, you know, we've had conversations about this before. I know that travel is a huge thing for you in 2017 and you've just, you know, uh, decided to embark on a new adventure to go over and help some people overseas, which is incredible. Yeah. Um, so let's just take the example of travel, just for the just for the sake of this example. And and uh, I could even use myself as an example for this. A couple of years ago, I 
was so craving. I dreamed for so long that I could work from my laptop and run my business from overseas or any country and actually travel while I um, while I worked. And this was, I was already coaching, I was already doing my thing, but I wasn't living that particular avenue of the lifestyle that I wanted to that I wanted to live. And I craved it. I craved it for years. And in my mind, I thought, okay, I'm going to do that. It's my goal, but it's going to take me 10 years because I have to become internet famous and I have to become like a billionaire so I can pay for all my stuff. And becoming internet famous, by the way, is totally going to make me a billionaire. (laughs) And, And, you know, and then I have to, um, do this, and then I have to get in the right relationship, and then I have to buy a house so that I can come back to it. And re- and I had all these ridiculous, huge goals in the way of me getting on a plane and going overseas. So naturally, I thought it was going to take ten, maybe fifteen, maybe twenty years. But my dream, the thing that really lit me up at that time, was to travel overseas and be able to run my business from anywhere. I didn't realize how close I was to it. Within ten days. Because I asked myself, how close am I actually to this? Within 10 days, I had booked myself a quote-unquote holiday to go to New York, to go to a, a conference and Mexico to just try out the location-independent thing for maybe a month. Well, as soon as I landed in New York, I knew I wasn't coming home. And that was the thing. I got on the plane, I started, I literally was crying and talking on the phone to my friend as I got on the plane because I was that scared of what I was about to do. It was such new territory for me. Even though it was a holiday, I guess some part of me knew that I was delving into a lifestyle that I never thought was possible. And I ended up traveling. Well, let's just say I've never gone back to where I left. (laughs) Um, That was three and a half years ago. So We are so close to what we crave and the reason why we allow things to get in the way is because A, we have a story like we don't know how to get there so we're going to wait to actually admit what it is that we want and go for it until we know how what it is that we have to do to get there. B, we have a fear of loss. We fear losing our friends. We fear losing uh, being wrong and we don't want to lose what we've already got and that's the paradox of goals. Everything that got you to where you are is not going to get you to where you want to go. Um, And we fear being wrong, which I've already said. So we put all these other things that we don't really want necessarily as much as we want the big thing. We put all of these other things in the way to entertain us, to build our confidence because we build a story around it that says, hey, this is going to teach me to get where I want to go. And the truth is if you point your laser towards what it is that you want and you give yourself permission and you say yes and you just take the first step, that's all you need to do. The second step will reveal itself and you will be closer to the life that you crave today and every step along the way will feel like you're already there because you're living a life that is on purpose. You will be on fire and you get to skip the drama, you get to skip the lines and you get to step into the life that you want and so many miraculous things happen when you're living your truth. And I reckon some of those blocks that you were talking about that you put up before you went travelling were just born out of fear. Like if you look, oh, I have to have the the house, the stable house to come back to. I have to have loads of money so that if anything goes wrong, I'm sorted when I'm over there kind of thing. Like the, the, the blocks were just fear. Yeah, it was me making up a story about 
what needed to happen before I could do that. Like it, it was like the end goal that I placed way, 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 way out. And because that goal was really scary to me, I made things, other things that seemed smaller and put them in the way. All right. So let's talk about staying on track. Why is accountability so important when we're setting goals? And what are some ways in which we can make ourselves more accountable? This is such a good question, Jules, because it's really, really easy for us to go, hey, New Year's, or hey, I'm going to set a goal, I'm really excited, woo, and we get shiny object syndrome. And we might sign up for a course or an online program or um, tell everybody And then as soon as it starts to get hard or you get to that point where you've literally just got to go through the grind of getting things done and you lose that excitement and that shine, maybe you're three quarters of the way there and all of a sudden it's not so shiny anymore because it doesn't feel um, exciting and big and scary. It just feels like something that you are getting done. Accountability is so important because it keeps you on track from a perspective that is outside of you. Right, so often we give ourselves excuses like I didn't do it because of this, this, and this, or I, you know, this happened this week, or you know, events happen, or we get sick, or we start feeling a certain way, or we think we're changing our mind. But seriously, the ego and the mind plays tricks on us during these processes when we're really stepping out of our comfort zone. Fear comes up, and things happen to distract us off off track. And accountability is so important because when you're being held accountable. You have motivation outside of yourself to make what it is that you want to happen, happen. Now, for so many different people, accountability means different things. For some, accountability means setting themselves up with a reward and no matter what, they're going to do it because they want the reward. For others, they might set themselves up with a punishment and no matter what, they're going to do it because they don't want to punish themselves. For someone like me, Uh, I need accountability that's not just social but literally someone else. I need to make a booking with someone who will legitimately kick my ass if I don't do what I said I was going to do because I can say all the things (laughs) to myself (laughs) and I don't keep myself accountable and that's just what I know about myself. So accountability is different for everyone but it is what is going to help you get it done at the times when you don't believe or you're losing momentum, or you're feeling unmotivated to get it done. Yep. And the good thing about having someone that you're reporting back to, to be accountable to, is that if you do drop the ball, they'll get you to pick it back up again. So it's, if you drop the ball for a short time, it's not necessarily a fail. Like it's, and if you're accountable to someone, then you're more likely to get back on and try again, aren't you? Absolutely. They give you fresh perspective. They give you um, insight and they give you encouragement as well as accountability. I call them accountability buddies. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Accountability buddies. (laughs) Yeah. Do you think it's better if it's a friend or someone that maybe you don't know very well? That's a great question. It depends what kind of a friend you mean. Um, Personally, I prefer it to be someone who I'm not seeing every day so that way we don't tie up our conversation in Um, everyday terms um, to be what we're working on in business and in life and whatever else. Um, I like having different tiers and different levels of accountability. So I have a mentor that I see once every three months who will absolutely kick my ass if I haven't done 
the things that I said I was going to do over the last 90 days, but I speak to another person who's a friend every two weeks to make sure that we're both on track. And the truth is um, sometimes we'll speak after a two-week period and we're not on track because for both of us something has happened or for one of us something has happened. But what's most important is that we're speaking to each other and when we have a meeting together, the momentum and the motivation comes back for both of us because we, we remember outside of ourselves that, yes, life does happen and you can keep going. It's not the end of the world. Yeah, I love that. And I love how you've got like different kind of people in your corner for different things. Yeah, there are some people who I just know are brutal <laughs> and will, you know, give it to me straight. And they're, they're, that's actually what really motivates me is, you know, there's people who I just can't hide from. There's no excuses and I love that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, you need a bad cop or two hanging around. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So talk to me about NLP, hun. Can you please explain to our lovely listeners out there what NLP is and how can it help us in achieving our goals? Sure. So NLP stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming. And to break that down, neuro is the brain, linguistic is your language or communication, and programming is how you're conditioned to communicate inside of yourself. (laughs) So NLP works because it deals with your mind and body as one and it's almost like you're a computer, right? And we look at the conditioning and the programming that we have and the belief systems that that you hold and the emotions that you carry and ask ourselves, okay, is this serving me or is this not serving me? And NLP works on a subconscious level to help you upgrade your conditioning, your programming, your emotions, your beliefs to whatever it is that you want to sustain peak performance, um, to bust through fear, to achieve your goals and to model others who have gone before you um, and to cognitively understand yourself on such a deep level that you can create deep lasting change on a subconscious level in a way that you don't have to think about it, it just happens. Yeah. So does it help to really flesh out what, what's going on, like what the thoughts and the beliefs are that are kind of running the show in the background? Totally. So anytime you give your your friends or your family an excuse or a reason or a story for why something didn't happen, and it's totally legit, and it's just what you believe about the world, it's like this is it, that's a state of your conditioning according to NLP. And what NLP does is um, when you work with a practitioner, they're not necessarily listening to the story. They're hearing the fears. They're hearing the beliefs that are coming out and immediately pinpointing that so that you can wipe it out and switch it to something that is helping you more. So if you've got an excuse all the time, like I don't have time, I don't have time, I don't have time, or you're feeling consistently rushed, or um, you might be talking to a coach, for example, and give them a reason as to why you are afraid to take um action on the goal that you have set together and that coach that NLP trainer might say to you well when did you make that up and you realize that the excuse or the reason that you just gave to that person is actually not reality it's your reality yep so we can change our reality absolutely 100 percent. yay (laughs) yeah through changing your beliefs and your ideas about the world you can shift the way you, in fact, view the world around you. So to give you an example, if I believed that I was unhappy, I'm unhappy and I'm unsatisfied and I'm not worthy to be 
you know, to have what I want. It's like wearing a pair of glasses that have filters over them and all you can see are examples of what you believe. So you walk around and you miss the billions of opportunities every single day to experience worthiness and feeling good and feeling happy in all the beauty and all the joy that is surrounding you in every single moment because you're carrying around a set of um, beliefs in the form of glasses that filter over your eyes so you can't see it. It's the same with if you have um, a limit to how much income you believe is possible for you to make, you'll miss opportunities every single day for you to see that it's possible for you to make as much as you choose. Yeah, right. And you know what? I think so many, so many of my clients and women in my tribe suffer from is that belief that they're not enough. Mm, Yeah. So how does that cloud your day? (laughs) How does it not cloud your day, right? When you have um, a story that says I'm not enough, I see it manifest in people consistently through relationships, um, attracting in relationships that are not serving to your highest good, um, manifesting in the form of not taking care of yourself on the highest level because you don't believe you're worthy of it, Um, not resting when we need to rest, Um, overworking, overgiving, doing too much, not stopping. The list is really endless, Jules, in terms of, not being enough. Sometimes it even manifests in the, in the form of talking too much in a conversation because you feel like you haven't said enough to justify your existence, you know. It, it shows up everywhere. It's in everything that you do, what you believe, yeah. And it's funny because at first if you don't scratch the surface, right, if you just kind of go, all right, well, you know, that, that drive to do better and to make everything perfect and everything, in a way it, it helps women to achieve and even overachieve at first, doesn't it? But if it's being driven by that, that, that belief that they're not enough, then you could also be sabotaging all manner of stuff in the background. Absolutely. Look, if you interview um, so many movie stars, you know, I've seen them interviewed and there's this really common thread of this true desire to be loved. Many of them have gone through absolute trauma as children and it drove them beyond any fathomable doubt to actually become the superstars that they are. A lot of athletes have a desire to be loved, to be enough, and that's where their craziness comes from, to train, to train and train and train and just push themselves beyond fathomable pain to get where they go. And so it's not necessarily a negative thing if it's used in a positive light, but when we're unaware of it, it can lead to burnout it can lead to breakdown and it can actually be really detrimental to your health mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually and everything. So it's just really important to be aware of how you're using your belief systems and to keep them in check and not necessarily have to change them if they're working for you in some way. It's really cool. Yeah, we just need to be aware that that something could be getting sabotaged in the background, hey? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, lovely Hayley, you're all about coaching women to reach the, you know, all this peak performance in all areas of their lives. Like you're an overachiever, you work with overachievers, but I know there's been a time where you found out that you weren't bulletproof after all. Mm. So tell me about the chronic fatigue and tell me about how that changed everything for you. It was 
2008 Jules and I was training for um, a world title that I had in 2009. So I'd just won 2007 world titles. And all of a sudden, I mean, I was, I mean, I was training really late at night and it was like a year and a half out of this tournament. So, you know, I gave myself 24 hours to basically recover from the last one and started training again. It was pretty insane, Um, but I loved it. But then one night I just, I stopped training and I said, I'm in a bad mood. I need to go home. And I went to sleep and I didn't get up for three months. And then it was almost three years by the time I sort of got back on track. And it was very, very hard because for the first sort of um, couple of months, I didn't know what was going on and I was really, really scared and I had to quit work and I had to quit training and I couldn't do anything. And then the doctor told me, you know, congratulations, you've given yourself a type of burnout that we only see in 40 to 50-year-old executives. I don't know how you did that. And I was like, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then I got told, you're never going to heal. You're going to have to just get used to living your life um, just basically like this, you'll never be able to work again, forget about ever doing karate again. And, you know, you're just going to have to get used to sleeping a lot and, and all this stuff that I just wasn't keen on hearing. So I told the doctor graciously, you can stick it up your behind and I'm never coming back. <laughs> um, That's my girl. <laughs> and, and I started on a new um, sort of health quest I guess there was something inside of me I didn't know what intuition was at the time that just sort of believed that if an illness like that could come out of nowhere it could go back to nowhere now I was sleeping 16 out of the 24 hours in the day and when I was awake my vision was um, foggy and fuzzy and blurry so I couldn't do a whole lot of research but uh, you know I did what I could and I read and I changed my diet and and I did all the good things and I was taking all the greens and I switched to organic and learned how to cook and for the first time and, you know, kept going and it was all good but I wasn't getting any better and then I gave myself a six-month time limit. I was like, right, this is going to be gone in six months and so I kept going but the truth was I was pushing so hard and I, I didn't actually understand how to surrender to what was happening for me. I was so desperate to let go of it that I was keeping myself sick. And it wasn't until about two and a half years in that I realized I could have this forever and I needed to surrender to what was happening. So I finally started actually resting when it was time to rest instead of laying my head down and trying to come up with another solution or another health protocol that I could take on. Um, I used to go on walks and I learned how to be mindful. I learned how to meditate and do transcendental meditation. And I learned what intuition was and it actually guided me to go, okay, if this is all I can do for the rest of my life, like you got to picture this, Jules, you know, I, I was laying on the couch and my life story looked like for the rest of my life that I was going to be on the couch and be pretty much a vegetable, not being able to do anything forever. And I decided that I could use that time to make it a little bit more joyful and play a little bit and be creative and make the most of this time that I had to just do nothing. So I started um, doing more of the things that I loved that I'd always wanted to do and then I thought I had to wait a very long time to start and then I became interested in NLP and interested in um, life coaching and personal development and it led me on the path that I'm on today. I wasn't a life coach before I got sick, 
it taught me how to take care of myself and and love myself and it taught me how to surrender and accept things that were happening even though they were completely uncomfortable and painly painful um and it taught me to listen to my heart and follow it because really at the end of the day that is all we have when you're laying <laughs> at what feels like the end of it all <laughs> i know i knew i wasn't going to die but i felt pretty useless at that point all i wanted to do was experience more joy and it, it it really taught me to appreciate that and do that every day. Yeah, that's amazing. So what things do you do differently these days? After I recovered, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I give myself permission to rest a whole lot more. And as a type A personality, this is a muscle that needs to be stretched oh every and yes. <laughs> um, So I'm better now. And I'm, I'm still paying for it, you know, um, for the damage that I did to my body. So I have to be really careful with what I eat and all that kind of stuff. But mostly I continue my education to keep myself inspired. Um, I allow myself to rest when I need to. And I recognize the symptoms of what it feels like when I'm losing um, track of being in my body and I'm in my head too much. And I know what to do with those symptoms. So, but most importantly, my whole paradigm, my whole view of the world has changed. I don't believe anymore that I have to do the most in order to achieve what it is that I want. It's about being really smart and laser beaming it straight to where you want to go and working out how to do that rather than working out how to do the first step, the second step, and then the third step. And that gives me so much more space, so much more energy, and so much more joy and passion in my life. I love that you love said it. allowing myself to rest when I need to. Mm. I think that is one of the hardest things. It would be easier to have a New Year's resolution where you said, I'm going to lose five kilos or I'm going to quit smoking or I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. But for a type A person, having a goal of allowing yourself to rest when you need to is probably one of the hardest lessons to ever learn. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's because the time when you most need to rest is the time when you feel like you you can't yeah or you shouldn't and that's when you most absolutely need to because you're not no longer in your body you're in your head and you're not present um and it's not a consistent time sometimes i'm really sparked up to have a motivated productive day and I wake up or rather I find it really hard to wake up and I get and I don't have any meetings booked and I get that feeling and I'm like these are those symptoms fuck I need to rest are you kidding me I had such a good day planned ahead of me like it's not predictable when you're going to need to rest so it's inconvenient it's uncomfortable and the ego gets in the way and um, allowing myself to do that in those times is very, very difficult and it's an ongoing practice and something that I'm really proud to say I'm becoming more friendly with, not necessarily getting better at, um, becoming more friendly with <laughs> as time goes on. Yeah, I like that, becoming more friendly with. I like that. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Put it in the van, take it along for the ride, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
So what are some other ways that a type A person can nurture themselves and be gentle on themselves without actually frying their circuits? Really, really great question. Okay, so um, I believe wholeheartedly in the power of having a morning routine um, or I prefer to call it a ritual actually and it doesn't have to be the same thing, it doesn't have to be long but it's something that sets you up for the day and before you do anything and give to everyone else which is what type A's do, you set yourself up with some intentions, maybe some journaling, maybe some yoga or some exercise or swimming or surfing or you know, even just a morning coffee reading a magazine at your favourite cafe, it doesn't matter what it is but just taking some time for you before you give to everyone else. And if that means getting up earlier, then I believe it's absolutely worth it. Um, Another thing to do is um, hack your sleep. So it's so important to get adequate rest and it's completely not paid enough attention to, I believe, by people in today's society. In fact, we place not sleeping and busyness on a pedestal and I believe it's just a, a, a shiny way of saying fear at this point in time. Um, I believe that's where we're at right now. So people need adequate sleep and to, ha- to set yourself up with a nice bedtime or nighttime ritual is a really nourishing thing that a type A personality can do because it's outside of the time that other people are demanding of your resources and your energy. Learning to say no is one of the most magic things that a woman especially can do. It's and the no, hardest one. It's really hard and at the same time, no is a complete sentence. It's not hard when you realise that you don't have to justify saying no. You simply don't. What saying no does is it opens up space to say yes. No doesn't mean no forever. No can mean not now. No can mean no meetings, no more extra meetings or work until after Christmas and in the new year. No can mean um, let's talk about it at another time. It doesn't necessarily mean no, never. But no is a complete sentence and it's totally okay. And it opens you up to say yes to the things that you truly want. So coming back, circling back to what we were speaking about at the beginning of our conversation, Jules, about setting those goals that actually light you up and they're the real thing that you want, not the thing that you should want or that you've placed in front of the thing that you want because you believe the thing that you want isn't really possible. When you've said yes to that, which is another, by the way, way that we can nourish ourselves, is saying yes to the things that we really want, everything that doesn't align with it naturally starts to fall away. Saying no becomes easier. And we start to take actions which create space for us to create those things that we really, really, really want to achieve. So saying no allows you to say yes and saying yes to the things that you truly desire, like hell yes or no, that's another way that we can nurture ourselves. And I'm just going to leave you with those four because there's so many, um, but I believe that gives you one for the start of the day, one for the end of the day, and two for the middle of the day, and that yes one is for dream time as well. Yeah. That's awesome. I honestly reckon we could do a whole freaking episode around saying no. Seriously. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. So what if we come out of the blocks with all good intentions, we're doing all right, and then the wheels fall off 
What do we do then if we aren't achieving our goals? How do we dust ourselves off and start again without feeling shit about ourselves? That's a really interesting question, Jules, because it's a choice to feel shit about yourself. Ooh, I like, uh, I like, I like. Yeah. <laughs> um, when you fall off, it's part of it. I don't know anyone who's ever achieved anything who hasn't fallen off the horse before. The key is how quickly you get back on your comeback rate. So my suggestion for what to do is don't delve into the self-pity party, um, which says, hey, maybe I can't do this. Maybe it's not meant for me. Maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I'm not worthy. Maybe, 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 blah, 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 all that stuff that we don't like about ourselves. And instead, set yourself up with some habits that actually get you back onto the horse as soon as possible because it's not about how many times you fall off, it's about how many times you get back on and it's about how quickly you get back on. So for someone who's a type A creative, (laughs) there's like a million thoughts running through your mind in any one moment. In 10 seconds, you can go from thinking about the next project to dealing with a crisis with a client to, you know, solving a problem regarding someone's health, (laughs) all in one conversation. And it's really important that when you feel like you've gotten off the horse or you've woken up on the wrong side of the bed or you've just taken a kick in the guts in some way, maybe it's a, a no that you weren't expecting to hear or something that was less than encouraging. How do you care for yourself enough to bring yourself back onto the horse as fast as possible? It's going to be different for everyone um, and it depends how you fell off. For me, it usually involves getting outside um, and getting into nature going for a quick brisk walk or just sitting in the sun for 10 minutes. Um, It might involve calling up a friend and having a conversation or having a cup of tea and giving myself five minutes to talk about everything I'm grateful for in that moment. By the way, side note, you cannot be in a bad mood when you're feeling grateful. You simply cannot. It is not physically nor neurologically possible. So that's a great place to start is get grateful for what's going on. Um, But recognizing that for each individual, Getting back onto the horse is literally that. It's getting back onto the horse. So what motivates you? What inspired you in the first place? Get onto your vision board and have a look. Get onto Pinterest. Get inspired. Read some of your favorite books. Listen to your favorite podcast. Um, Listen to music that lights you up again. And just get yourself back into that mode to bring yourself back into that space. That motivation doesn't come on its own. We have to bring it to the floor. Yeah, it's a muscle, isn't it? Yeah, it's a muscle and I, it's a byproduct of getting started as well. Yeah. So by taking the action to bring yourself back onto the horse, that will bring back your motivation. Don't ever wait for it. You could be waiting a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hayley Carr, you are amazing. You know how much I love you. I'm mm. so, so freaking happy that you took the time to jump on shiny healthy you today and share your amazing depth of wisdom with everyone um i just know there's so much gold in there i can't wait to listen to this over and over again can you please tell our listeners where they can find you and how they can connect with you of course jules thanks so much for having me it's been amazing um i really really appreciate you taking the time to ask me as well um you can find me at www.hayleycar.tv, like television, and that's car with a double R. 
I'm on Instagram and Facebook at Haley Car TV. Come and find me there. Come and play. Yay. And you have some really kick-ass online classes happening in the new year as well, don't you, that are going to be I do. popping up here and there? I do. Every month I run a free online class for my tribe and for anyone who wants to join. And um, if you want to grab a copy of an ebook and a little starter kit that I've got called the Beautifully Unstoppable Starter Kit, that's up on my website as well. It's going to be a really good momentum kick for the new year. Yeah. Go check out this woman's website, everyone, because it's seriously beautiful. She's seriously beautiful. Thank, <laughs> thank you so much, awesome lady. Thank you so much, Jules. It's a pleasure. How awesome was that interview with Hayley Carr? I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we loved recording it. It was super fun. Now, if you liked this episode and you're new around here, make sure you hit subscribe because I've got some killer episodes lined up for you in the new year. And if you can spare the time, pop into iTunes and give this show a review. My favorite amount of stars is five, not wanting to sway you or anything. That way, more people will find out about Shiny Healthy You and we can keep spreading the healthy vibes. Till next time, happy goal setting and happy new year. Stay shiny and bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.